Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to Casual Friday. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Tracy B. Wilson. I told Tracy during one of our breaks while recording our Madame Blavatsky episode that there was a detail about her I was withholding for this. Because it's not that important to her life story, but it's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> and fascinated me a little bit. I kind of braced. I was like, what, gross in exactly what sense are we talking about? She allegedly smoked 100 cigarettes a day. That's a lot. That's How like many- five packs. Wow. Now, I will say this. I may have grown up in a household with an adult that smoked about that much. Yeah. It was yucky. Even when I was a smoker, which is a long time ago, I still found that yucky. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Because everything just gets covered in smoke and it all, like the whole world has a yellow sheen on it. Yeah. Um, But it just was fascinating to me. I was like, I don't know how someone who does that travels as much as she does because you would think like her lung capacity would be diminished. Well, and like, when do you have time to eat? (laughs) Right? I mean, I picture her smoking while eating. And in fact, Olcott is said to have met her before that seance started on that farm in Vermont, they had had like a meal first, like they served lunch first. Uh-huh. And he waited for her to go outside to smoke to go approach her and speak to her for the first time. And I'm like, I'm surprised she made it out the door. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, I mean, I, I know we're talking about uh, like modern manufactured cigarettes versus whatever, like something right. that was probably needing being rolled by hand. But like, the people I have known that characterize themselves as chain smokers were smoking more like three packs a day. So five just seems like so many. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like four cigarettes an hour, presuming you didn't sleep. So yeah. obviously she did sleep. So that means like probably that's more a, like six an hour. It's a lot. It is a lot. But I, I don't. She is so fascinating. I feel like I could see. There's a part of me that completely understands how her world unfurled. Mm-hmm. Being that sort of clearly, the part of her that I kind of identified with was uh, the descriptions of her when she's younger, where it's like on the one hand, she's very stubborn and a little bit bratty and really saucy and talks back to everybody. But she also was like an academic achiever and, you know, bookish and nerdy. Sure. And I was like, oh, yeah, I understand all of this. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then how someone like that would long for more than what the world offers them in terms of interestingness and starts to unfurl a long list of things that are probably untrue, some of which got backed up by her family enough, like it became family lore enough that I think she probably started believing it. Yeah. And then after that, like, once you once you believe your own hype... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the rest gets real blurry and you begin to make a, a world of your own design, uh, whether it's rooted in reality or not. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we have somebody that we talk about on the show whose focus we might find in like a new age bookstore today. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always reminded of various people I have known in my life 
who at the time, like when I was in my 20s or, 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 you know, teens or whatever, I was like, wow, that person really has some kind of key to another mystical doorway. Um, and then later I was like, mm, did they though? <laughs> right. Well, and it's interesting you mentioned that because there are plenty of modern historians and also just people who study um religion and philosophy that will say, like, you can see how New Age was seeded. Like, these ideas, the more kind of watered-down New age ideas Mm -hmm. that are kind of rooted in Eastern religion or Eastern beliefs, but have gotten really, like, westernized in ways that don't really understand the actual basis of those beliefs. Like, a lot of people attribute that to Blavatsky, yeah, they're like, she brought these ideas over in a way that was not really completely understanding them, not completely respecting them. I yeah. mean, as I said, she was so problematic about being like, I need to go to this place and learn about, you know, a, a higher sense of purpose and reality and the things that we cannot understand in our world from these people who clearly have the key oh, they don't have the key. They're stupid and they've been ruined in some way. I will move on to the next thing. Like, it's very um, it's very problematic. And so you start to really realize that she, in some ways she was rewriting things to suit what she wanted them to be, not really taking them from the sources right. in a, a way that respected them for what they were. <sighs> oh, Madame Blavatsky. In your fringy, long, loose robes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, she's an interesting one. We talked about Mother Shipton this week. Um, <laughs> yes, we did. So uh, I mentioned in the episode that I had told you that I was going to do this episode if I could find enough, and then I was surprised by how much I wound up finding. In addition to that, my process was basically to go through, bookmark a bunch of stuff, uh, grab various papers, start going through it, and take a bunch of notes. And I had taken a bunch of notes <laughs> that were based on uh, that second edition of the first book that included Mother Shipton's whole biography, mm-hmm. not really realizing that it was like a second printing of something that had come earlier and having no concept at all that the earlier works than that had no reference to her biography in any way. And I realized relatively late in the game that all of my notes were in entirely the wrong order. And I was going to have to, like, go through and move literally every piece of it around to somewhere else to make it make any sense. Woo! That's always fun. That's always a fun moment when you go, uh-oh, this is yeah. all crazy. It's a mess. It's a mess. But it worked out. Yeah. And was funny. Thank you. I love that it's just a, it's a funny topic inherently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we did not mention that I, I uh, was trying to figure out whether to mention, a lot of the stereotypical tropes that were used to signify witches are also used in, like, anti-Semitic caricature. Yes, absolutely. So there, like, there has been some discussion about like what the order of that is and and whether it's that these markers, these like physical markers on people's faces that were considered to be unnatural and wrong in some way were were used to 
create like caricatures of witches as well as caricatures of Jewish people um, or whether one of them followed the other. Um, And as far as I can find, it seems like these same tropes used on multiple different groups of people, uh, not so much that one of them fed into another. Right, it's more just like uh, a shorthand way to convey otherness yeah. in a manner that is ugly and not to like the standards you yourself would identify. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there was a phrase in this outline that I did not comment on while we were talking because it would have taken us way off course, but there's this line that you wrote about the baby doing mischief which is unseen hands pelted the neighbors with rotten apples and garbage. And I had this flashback. Okay, when I was a kid and the David Letterman show began, one, I didn't have a bedtime. Like, I just never did. My parents, everyone in my family has sleeping issues, and so my parents were never hardcore about it. Um, But even when they did try to send me to bed, I would just, like, stay up late and, like, sneak to the back of the living room and watch David Letterman. But one of the great things that they did, or I thought it was great, and it stuck with me forever, is when Chris Elliott used to appear on David Letterman in the early years as this sort of random character. But one of the lines he would say all the time, which has always stuck with me, was, they pelted us with rocks and garbage. And so when I read (laughs) this, I was like, it's it's Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott wrote this out loud. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I could think of. They pelted us with rocks and garbage. That whole whole lengthy biography that he made up that just includes so much that's just fantastic and strange and... Clearly not a real thing. I don't know. It's It amused me to read it. <laughs> well, we know that he loved poetry and gaming, so it makes sense that he would want to make some stuff up to maybe support the problems created by the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It also was, uh, it was more fun to me to read all of these just uh, they were they were fun reading for me and a lot of them um in spite of the like intense misogyny of one of them in particular uh i had a good time reading them which was a nice breath of fresh air because when i got into the one that was about um john cleve sims and the the hollow earth i was looking forward to reading like all of the weird documents of that and i actually found specifically like the the book that had detailed all of his theories to be fantastically boring um and <laughs> uh and i also did not realize getting into it that his son had lifted a bunch of the same text so when i was reading his son's writing i just i got into this part that was the same as the boring thing i had already read and i was like wait if Am I making this up? Did I really read it all of this before? Or is it just so not captivating to me that I have invented the idea that I read it already? Double-barreled boring. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know why it did not strike me nearly as delightful and interesting as I hoped that it would, but it did not. This one, on the other hand, did. So, <laughs> Thank you for your poetry and gaming problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mr. Head, you've made us giggle today. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. 
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.